0: This is the Pause and Reflect podcast with Scout, Haley, and Sean. And today we are coming back to a question you got a couple of months ago now about fulfillment.
1: Yeah, we had our first and only Apple Podcasts review from someone who was just super, super, super kind. And I'm sorry that it took us so long to circle back and get around to answering it. Um, But they were wondering if we would talk a little bit more in an episode about how we found what fulfills Scout, they have a mixed breed dog, and it sounds like it's been maybe a little bit difficult to figure out what exactly will fulfill their dog, not necessarily responding to certain fulfilling activities that you would expect from their dog's
0: breed makeup. Mm-hmm. And it's something you've thought about a lot with Scout and journaled about and talked to me about too.
1: Oh, yeah. Biological fulfillment is a huge passion. It's made me think about our own fulfillment as people. And I think it's probably been like the most influential thing I've done with Scout. Like if I was going to give, you know, a new owner one single piece of advice, my personal one, you know, like the personal type of fulfillment that I would talk about most would be play because that also really helps build the social relationship. But like really what it comes down to me is try to fulfill your dog's needs, like not just the basic needs of food, water, and a place to sleep, but try to help them express their drives and their instincts and, you know, feel fulfilled in our world. I feel like that can help with so many other problems and issues that we see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what exactly do you mean by fulfillment? Kind of danced around it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, so... Personally, and again, I'm not a trainer and I'm also not an official animal researcher or anything, so as always, semantics and specific connotations with this term will vary. For me, when I think about biological fulfillment, I think about giving Scout opportunities to do things that make her heart sing as a canine. I guess that sounds a little bit woo-woo. Um, But, you know, we think about creatures, we think about the way that all of us animals have evolved and certain things feel fulfilling, like certain things make us feel satisfied. They make us feel at peace with our existence, at peace with the world around us. Um, So, you know, when we think about social creatures, like social interaction is a key part of that fulfillment. When we think about canines specifically, they live in an olfactory world. And so sniffing is a key part of fulfillment Um, You know, you think about certain breeds of dogs and there will be other layers of fulfillment there, like retrievers, as is in their name, often Mm -hmm. find it fulfilling to retrieve things and hold objects in their mouth. Um, You know, herding breeds often find it fulfilling to feel like they're exercising control over their environment that can be acted on in a bunch of ways. So, yeah, that's that's really what I mean. Biological fulfillment is fulfilling biological needs and biological needs going beyond, you know, what we consider very, very basic needs. Like beyond what a creature needs to stay alive, but what they actually need to thrive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then that definitely, you know, makes them enjoy their life and makes them happier. And then like you are saying before, it can also, I've seen with Scout, makes her just in a better mood. She doesn't get into any trouble or anything like that. So I guess, yeah, what are some of the like payoffs of fulfillment?
1: Yeah. I mean, the ones that I've personally noticed so much with Scout is that it helps her feel like really more at peace is the word that keeps coming to mind. It helps her feel comfortable. It can help a lot with confidence depending on the type of fulfillment, actually. Um, As I'm talking, I'm realizing that enrichment could often be used as a Mm. synonym for fulfillment. I feel like I should have tossed that into the last question. Anyway, um, it helps her feel like she's satisfied and her tank is full, and that gives her more capacity to handle potentially challenging things, and it also just makes her more comfortable. So, like, it makes her less antsy. It makes her better able to navigate potentially difficult situations like very very fulfilled Scout after some great play with us or some sniffing and moving her body around can handle crowded environments or being in close proximity to other dogs which in case any listeners aren't familiar Scout is not comfortable around other dogs she's quite afraid of them Um, those sorts of things so I've often thought about fulfillment and impulse control sort of as a cycle. This is, again, not an official idea. This is just like Haley's brain working around. Where the more fulfilled Scout is, the the more capacity she has. I think of it like filling her tank. And the more capacity she has the more impulse control she can exercise before she gets exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: more impulse control she can exercise, the more cool things we can do with her because it's safe to take her out in environments and we know that she you know, can self-regulate and can control herself if needed and that we have that control of her that is necessary to be respectful in a public place. And so that gives us more opportunities for fulfillment. And I like to think of it as this like positive feedback loop where these things can go really hand in hand. But for me, it's not a chicken and egg Question for me, it clearly starts with fulfillment. It's not fair for me to ask Scout to exercise a bunch of impulse control and do difficult things for me if I haven't been
0: meeting her needs. Sure. I also see it as a mindset and mood thing with Scout, too. Is when she's fulfilled, she's like in a much better mindset. It's sort of like the calm and the confidence and just like less agitated. Like you said, when we're taking her somewhere, then on like, just like after we've played or something like that, she gets all snuggly and cozy and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of different situations and like, I guess, you you know, you can kind of use fulfillment as a tool then to go train in situations or environments. And then it also just like around the house is nice to see your dog happy and snuggly
1: yeah absolutely like it just makes me feel good like I got this creature because I wanted us to live a good life together and and both improve each other's lives and so seeing Scout happy and comfortable is really key and then you know there's also like another practical element of that even just on the home front sans training discussions where a fulfilled dog Generally speaking, you know, there's always a lot of variables at play. Different things can be interacting with each other. But generally speaking, a fulfilled dog is not destructive. A fulfilled dog Mm -hmm. is not barking excessively. A fulfilled dog is not engaging. In a lot of these really classic problem behaviors that owners will talk about, I think that, you know, the first line of defense for me, as I've gotten to learn more and more about training, if someone's having an issue, um, you know, like that broad recommendation of, like, think about your dog's fulfillment, that can alleviate a lot of things.
0: For sure. All right. So I guess let's get specific with Scout. Um, What are the ways you think about fulfilling her now?
1: Yeah. Oh, goodness. I have gone through so much journaling on this topic. It's shifted a lot (laughs) over time as we've grown as a team and put her in different environments. And, you know, her confidence has definitely grown, which I think has given us more opportunities of varied ways to fulfill her. I try to think about, you know, like overall canine things. And then I try to think about breed things. We did an embark on Scout. We know that she's 95% cattle dog, 5% German shepherd. She's, you know, 100% herding dog, basically. Um, mostly, mostly healer. And then I try to think about, you know, like individual things, like Scout as an individual. Because as the wonderful question that kicked off this episode topic expressed, you know, it isn't always a one-to-one of dog is this breed, so this thing fulfills dog. Um, Mm -hmm. especially as time goes on. Like there are really, really great breeders out there. I support ethical breeders. I think the breeding conversation is really nuanced. And there are some breeders out there who are breeding dogs, you know, like with the, the intent of the original breed as it was conceptualized. And then there are also breeders out there who are mostly focusing on appearance or who are purposefully diluting certain traits or certain instincts. And so I just think that You know, breed can be a helpful starting place. Like, I do think about Scout as a herding dog very regularly. I think about things that should fulfill her as a cattle dog. We experiment with that. But for us, you know, anecdotally, it definitely hasn't been as simple as, like, oh, you are cattle dog, so you have all of these cattle dog traits. Especially because, you know, even if you go way, way back to the history of quote-unquote modern breeding, like as we know it today, even then... As breeds have been established officially with kennel clubs over time, sometimes the focus has been more on appearance and less on initial purpose. So, like, there's merit to saying this breed has this purpose. There's absolutely merit to that. I want to be really clear that I'm not trying to say breed doesn't matter. Breed does matter. But it just isn't a one-to-one of, like... You know, a thousand years ago, we were using this breed for this. And so today my dog wants to do exactly this. There's just Mm -hmm. so much, so much nuance and so many things that have happened in that history, which is a whole other podcast episode. So I will get back to the topic at hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to overfit your dog into one sort of average dog that you're imagining. And even like as you're, you know, scouts growing up too, I'm sure all that stuff changes over time. So we can't just keep thinking about her as a two-year-old herding dog or something.
1: Yeah. We had a whole episode on that, didn't we? We did one where it was, you know, like embracing your dog's individuality Mm -hmm. while also falling back on some core themes. That's how I think about the breed discussion a lot. Um, So with that said, you know, again, I I like to try to start with like the species things. So like Scout is a canine. She's a domestic dog. Domestic dogs are different from wolves in a few key ways, particularly socially. Um, It is, generally speaking, fulfilling for domestic dogs to spend social time with their humans, they bond closely, form these family units. So that's something that I think about just at like the social mammal level. And then, you know, like the way she experiences the world. So the focus on scent, the focus on hearing, um, over vision, the prey drive instincts. I think that prey behavior, like the predatory cycle, is a key focus of a lot of my fulfillment discussions, I guess, like in my own brain. Thinking about what parts of the prey cycle Scout enjoys most, and then you know just how we can emulate that safely in our world, because domestic dogs are not strictly carnivores. There's actually some really cool evidence of parallel evolution with our digestive mm. systems. Sorry, I could go off on a tangent on that. Um, you know, but, th- but they're scavengers and they're hunters. And so a lot of things do center around how to emulate certain parts of, like, that food-seeking process, be mm-hmm. it scavenging or be it hunting. Um, we think about the, you know, like, the cycle. There's searching, stalking, chasing, catching. I should know all of these off the top of Taring. my head. <laughs> yeah, so celebrating, um, consuming. There's, you know, like, all of those parts of the cycle. And so you can think about different breeds having different... I don't want to say, like, only liking some parts of that cycle, but maybe prioritizing certain parts of that cycle. Mm -hmm. So even some of the recent research that was done, there was this whole thing called the Darwin Project um, that got a little controversial, actually. Basically, it was just, you know, talking about some of that nuance with dog breeds not deciding everything. Like, it's reductionist to say, this is a cattle dog, so she will be exactly like this all the time. Mm -hmm. But breed is an important thing to consider, and one of the ways that those like instincts seem to come through that differ along breed lines, um, is some of that behavior. Like you hear the phrase, like pointers point, retrievers retrieve, those sorts of things. So for Scout as a cattle dog, um, she likes stalking a lot. That's a common like herding dog behavior from what I understand. She also really likes chasing, which is, you know, some, some people would say that maybe that isn't as much of a herding dog thing. Again, there's that individuality. And then she really loves fighting. She loves the fight aspect a lot, which I think sometimes plays into her desire to like control objects and feel like she's controlling the environment Mm. around her, which very much is a herding dog thing. Um, And, you know, one of the ways that we engage in that fighting is through competitive games like tug, like that's really, really great for her. Um, It's been a lot of trial and error, honestly. Like, I guess I could ramble about this forever. It's been a lot of, you know, thinking about those overarching canine things, trying to give her opportunities to engage in them, and then experimenting and trying to just take inventory of like, okay, we did this activity. How does Scout seem to feel afterwards? What other confounding variables are at play? Because, you know, even if she seems really antsy afterwards, it might not be because the thing wasn't fulfilling. It might just be because now she's in a more stressful environment. And so kind of trying to pay attention to those factors that might influence how I'm thinking about these things. And then one thing that's been really important for us is Scout's pretty fearful less so today than ever which is so exciting i mean it's been incredible to see her as we've started living in this van and moving around like we just ran around and played at this park that we've never been to and we're sitting here in the parking lot recording and she's asleep under the bed it's it's just delightful <laughs> um, but you know she's still timid like as her default sort of on the average and that fearfulness especially in the beginning like, I think I could have easily just assumed that Scout didn't like play much and, like, just said, you know, oh, my dog doesn't have play drive. My mm-hmm. dog doesn't like toys because if the environment was pretty much at all distracting or had any sort of pressure, she would just disengage and, you know, not act in that playful way. So, like, she'd play around with toys and toss them around in the apartment but then we'd get outside and it was pretty rare and when it did happen it was definitely not sustained and so that was a big confounding variable for us like are you not interested in this activity or are you not feeling comfortable enough excuse me comfortable enough to engage in this activity and navigating that has been you know sort of a convoluted process definitely not a linear process um I guess the biggest example that I'm thinking of is that I think tug is one of the most fulfilling things for Scout. Like when Scout asks us to play, most of the time she asks to tug. Sometimes while we're playing cooperative fetch, she will ask if we can tug instead. Mm -hmm. She loves tug. But she was not brave or bold enough to tug with us outside of the apartment for like over a full year after I adopted her. And then even then it took ages. I think it was like probably a solid two plus years of having her that she would reliably engage in tug even just in like an empty outdoor park so that was yeah just a process to figure that out like I could have thought oh you don't like tug tug isn't a good fulfillment activity for you because you're not doing it But really, we had to sort of build up her confidence, teach her about the game, get into the game ourselves. And now it's turned into, like, the number one fulfilling thing for Scout. Like, if I'm not going to do anything else in a day with Scout, I would like to tug with her. That'll make her happy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it seems like there's a combination of, like, activities that we do, like, you know, going on a walk so she can sniff or playing games or whatever, also being thoughtful about the environment that... We're taking her, to, in combination with those activities. And then I guess another one, too, that we haven't talked about yet is some of the more baseline things like food and water and rest and making sure that, I guess, we're taking those into account, too, depending on, like, what we're trying to do with her. Uh, Because, like, if she just hasn't eaten all day, maybe she's going to be super antsy.
1: Yeah. I think that that's... A huge consideration. Like, I think of biological fulfillment as going beyond basic needs, but those basic needs are absolutely a part of that. And I think that that's kind of a good time to segue into some of the... what's the word I'm looking for? Like, more gentle or like less effort requiring ways of providing fulfillment and enrichment to our dogs? Like, all of our dogs have to eat, right? And so there are various ways that we can feed Scout her meals that can also provide her a little bit of some of those types of biological fulfillment. Like at the house, more often we would do food food searches where she's searching it out, you know, using her nose, getting to feel like she's sort of scavenging through the environment. Or we can toss it in the grass for her to scavenge out. We can put it in little piles, you know, in a grassy area so that she feels like she's doing some of that foraging. Like, here I am, sniff, 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 coming upon a little bit. Of a jackpot, eating it, moving on, um, things like that. I think, you know, you can definitely take it too far to be clear. Like, I'm not necessarily a supporter of the idea that our dogs should be working really, really, really hard for all of their food all the time. Mm-hmm. And depending on an individual dog's frustration tolerance and how they feel about different things, like certain puzzle options are not going to be the right fit for every dog. Maybe you have to work up to them. Um, But I think that's a good part of the conversation, too. Like I when I think about the biological fulfillment checklist that I don't use every day religiously anymore, but I used it for a while um, where I was, you know, like trying to list these potentially fulfilling activities and just make sure that we were giving Scout a handful of them each day as a baseline. I would absolutely consider things like her snuffle mat or, you know, like scavenging for scattered food Mm -hmm. to be part of that fulfillment.
0: So how do we know when Scout's fulfilled? Do you think of it like, are you looking at cues from her in a sort of feedback way? Are you thinking more about, you know, have I done X number of things with her today? How do you think about that?
1: Both. I think that it's most helpful to just look at her. I'm a really big believer in trying to let Scout tell me how Scout feels because... Mm. It's easy, especially for me, to get these sort of arbitrary ideas in my head of like, I did this, so this should happen. And we all know that that is just not exactly how the world works. Um, And she's not a robot and she's not a checklist item. And, you know, the best thing that I can do is look at her and listen to what she's telling me about how she's feeling and, and let her be the one, you know, letting me know if this is working for her or not. That said, I do also, you know, keep loose inventory nowadays of what I've done with her. And I use that as part of the context because if Scout is acting a little bit antsy or nervous or all of these things, that does not necessarily mean that we haven't done a good job fulfilling her, right? Like there are always other variables at play. And so taking inventory of what I've done with her and you know, sort of thinking about it slightly like a checklist, but then pairing that with, okay, how does she seem to be feeling, and then looking at the overall context, like what environment are we in? Mm-hmm. Are you overtired, perhaps? Like there's all of these other things that can happen. Like a snafari, you know, where we just have Ranaflex her here, a long line, and she can sniff whatever she wants, can be really fulfilling. Or if we're in a new environment that's freaking her out and there are, like, a bunch of loud noises and stuff, that might really not be very fulfilling. Like, she might spend most of it not feeling comfortable and not engaging in the mm-hmm. sniffing and the free movement. And so that is a very wishy-washy, it depends answer to your question, <laughs> but the, the answer is both.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's very clear how she's feeling or, like, we'll get done playing for 15 minutes and she gets really snuggly or goes... and takes a nap right away or does stuff like that that's like pretty clear that she's good for a while but yeah sometimes it's a bit harder to read or you obviously don't want to like be over worried about it but you also don't want to only be seeing like negative feedback from Scout where it's like oh she destroyed something or was trying to get into the trash and now I realize I haven't done anything with her.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, another thing where I think balance is important. Like, it's important for me to be aware of what we've done with her. Um, it's frankly been easier living in the van because she's just with us all the time. So it's really easy mm-hmm. to just, like, take her out into the parking lot of wherever we end up parked or even at the gas station and, like, play for a bit. Yeah. Um, which, again, something that wasn't possible before when she was a little bit more timid. So, like, all of these things layering on top of each other. I also think that, like, I love what you mentioned earlier about mood. Because sometimes I think that Scout can be quite fulfilled, but like still have energy. And I don't think that fulfilled is directly equated with like exhausted or Hmm. tired. I think there are different types of tired. So like I think about me and I think about the kind of tired I feel after I've done hours of writing that I was really excited about, that I really, really enjoyed, that made me feel great. I feel you know, like I feel a little bit tired, right? Like that, that was work. That was some effort, but I often feel really energized after. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to talk to you at hyperspeed about a bunch of things or go run around with Scout or all of that. And, you know, I find that type of writing to be a fulfilling activity. And so I like to think about this with Scout too, because for a while I was really caught up in like wanting Scout to be tired, like wanting to tire her out. Or if we played a bunch with her and then she, like, kept bringing the toy back, it would be in the back of my mind, like, oh no, like, did we not fulfill you? Was that play session not fulfilling? And I've just come to see it as more nuanced than that. Like, I think that Scout can be quite fulfilled, but still have energy and still be, like, excited about the prospect of doing more fulfilling things. And that doesn't mean that we didn't do our due diligence. So how that ties back to what you were saying about mood. Like, I think the mood of the excess energy that she's showing us says a lot, like mm-hmm. fulfilled enthusiastic scout might continue to throw toys at our face. And I love that. And that, you know, she's feeling good. That doesn't mean that I necessarily have to be worried um, versus like antsy unfulfilled scout is going to show us more of the alert barking or they're just being restless.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. I feel the same way where like even after a run or something, I might be, fulfilled in sort of like a tired way where I want to just sit down for a while or I might sort of get energized to do something different like you know think about something or do something more intellectual and that can definitely like be the case where it's not like you're just chilling out on a couch for two hours and like I was saying before sometimes that means Scout like it's very socially motivated and like She's like, I'll be like, oh, you won't leave me alone because she's like feeling great and just wants to hang out and feel good together. And I'm like, get off of me. (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: literally an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think about it sort of loosely like in dimensions or buckets of fulfillment And I think that that can be helpful depending on our personality. So I'm a person who can easily overthink and like get too deep into checklists and things. So I have to be a little loose about this. I have other friends who like keep much more rigid track of it and it's very, very helpful for them. Um, But, you know, like I think about social fulfillment. I think about physical fulfillment, like physical exercise is an important part of fulfilling our dogs. It's not the only part. Think about the mental fulfillment, like scouts, Problem solving activities and that sort of confidence. I think about emotional fulfillment, like things that help her regulate her systems. And sometimes it is helpful, you know, like just to zoom out at a high level and try to make sure, okay, have we hit on multiple of these buckets and not just one? Because, like, you know, if we just ran scout for miles every day, you could argue that physically she'd be fulfilled, like in the sense of her muscles would be growing stronger and her cardiovascular system would be improving and like from a strictly physical standpoint she might be fulfilled but if that's all we were doing with her then like mentally
0: mm-hmm.
1: she probably wouldn't be and so that can be a helpful way to think of it because like it is fulfilling for Scout to just snuggle with us it, it genuinely is she loves that she loves just being near us but it is not fulfilling enough for that to be the only thing that we're doing with her it just all has to balance out in context
0: hmm yeah Any other final thoughts about coming back to, you know, if your dog doesn't necessarily fit their breed, like, if you're having trouble finding the things that they enjoy doing, like, should you try to escalate it where you go to more complex things like sports or, like, how do you, what do you think people do, like, I don't know. I guess there's the lower level, easier things that, you know, are just like the social things and some exercise things and different games. I don't know. Any thoughts here?
1: (laughs) It's a good question. With the forever disclaimer that I'm not a professional trainer and my experience with dogs is, you know, largely anecdotal and theoretical, I think that there are multiple different approaches. Um when I think about me as an individual, I can get discouraged pretty easily. And so I would be thinking about things that would set me and Scout both up for success in the sense of like me not feeling like I was failing. Like you 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 know me. I can try a bunch of things with Scout and if they're not mm-hmm. working out it's really easy to feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm letting you down. Why is this so hard? And kind of get in the loop. So I think I might fall back on some of the things that were actually a little bit simpler. Um, but again, so much just depends on the dog. I think like even just thinking about our fosters and how they'd respond to different potentially fulfilling activities. Like I'm a big fan of different types of meal enrichment provided that, you know, like the frustration threshold isn't obnoxiously high for them. I also know people who got involved in a particular dog sport, like especially some of the, forgive me, sport people, some of the ones that are like, often thought of as a bit more casual um Mm -hmm. you know like like dock diving and like barn hunt and like these sports that basically any dog can enter you don't really have breeders super specifically breeding for these sports like you do with some of the protection sports not saying that there aren't just you know like general um I love the sport community. I'm not involved in it. I'm trying to make sure they're not mad at me as I'm putting my foot in my mouth explaining this. Long story short, I have several friends who got involved in one of those sports specifically because they were sort of struggling a bit to figure out what fulfilled their dog, and it was really helpful to try out a couple of different sports and put them in those environments, have some of the trainer feedback and, like, people who had engaged in those sports for a really, really long time and figure out what worked. I think that's also a really cool option. I think it's easy to get caught up in shoulds especially like when you're looking at a dog who has a certain breed makeup like I love the DNA tests. I'm so happy we DNA tested Scout I also think that sometimes they do run the risk of like pushing us to see our dogs more as those overarching breeds and less as the individuals that we've come to know like I don't know I think I did that a little bit with Scout in the beginning actually like Scout's a cattle dog sure like like she is objectively but there's also a lot about her that is not like strictly fitting with a mm-hmm. cattle dog.
0: Yeah. and We wouldn't have to know she's a cattle dog to try 10 things with her and realize that she really likes two of those.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I just keep coming back to that, like the environment and the confidence consideration again, just because of who Scout is like that has really colored my perception of these things. There are a lot of activities that Scout does find fulfilling, but that she needs to feel really comfortable in the space in order to engage in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just the fact of the matter that like, we don't have access to a space to create that level of comfort to make that possible. And it can be a really long process. I, I, I resent statements that make it sound like it should just be super simple sure. to eliminate distractions. There are people out there who say, you know, like, just start in a distraction-free space. <laughs> and it's like, yes, but also not everyone has access to that space. Um, yeah,
0: not everyone can play a game of Frisbee in their apartment.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. I guess we should talk about the human side of it, too.
1: Yeah, human fulfillment. What makes you feel
0: fulfilled. Yeah.
1: Um, getting a really big, long hug from
0: you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. I will come up to you and I will say, I need to charge up. And then you'll hug me and it helps me charge up. Um, (laughs) In all seriousness, that is because I too am a social mammal and I find social interaction with the people that I love to be fulfilling. It makes me feel charged up. Mm -hmm. I'm also an introvert. And so I feel drained when I have too much social interaction with people who I am not as intimately close to. And I think that actually can be a parallel with our dogs. I mean, I'm not sure if anyone concretely thinks that our dogs have personality types precisely the way that humans do. Like, of course, that's a nuanced conversation. We need to keep it species appropriate. But, you know, I definitely feel like there are When we talk about domestic dogs being socially motivated and getting social fulfillment, that is not to say that every domestic dog, you know, wants every human in the world to be their best friend. It's often centered around family units. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, social fulfillment is a huge one for me. I also think a lot more about my physical fulfillment lately. Like, even just since we've been in the van, that's been really, really nice to have more opportunities to make sure that we are nourishing our bodies and, you know, like just getting some of those things that feel very natural and should be very natural but can be difficult to get the way that the world is structured. Does that sound like a huge cliche? That's like a super (laughs) cliched thing to say but it's true.
0: Yeah like fresh air. Yeah like fresh (laughs) air.
1: Like morning light, sunlight, Um, you know you can look at some of the actual things of what's happening there like making sure you're getting enough vitamin D or how our retinas respond to sunlight in the morning and then you can also just think of it at a larger scale of like we are animals and being surrounded by nature is good for us. Like that's something, you know, again, that we think about with our dogs. Most people understand at some sort of implicit level that like your dog is an animal and so being out in nature is good for them. Like that's why you take the dog on a nature walk. That's mm-hmm. why you do all of those things. Like that's also quite good for us as primates.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think there's like short-term and long-term things too that Will help me feel fulfilled there's more like the day-to-day stuff like the physical activity and sunlight and eating good food and stuff like that but then like more long-term having you know interesting things to work on and strong relationships with friends and loved ones and stuff like that that are sort of like I feel like that's more of like the long-term deep feelings I think
1: yeah would you say that's like almost a sense of purpose
0: yeah sort of um I think there's definitely that side of it where it feels like more of a meaningful thing to engage in over time I think it's also more of like a also just a sense of like happiness and yeah fulfillment in that sort of sense
1: Yeah. It's really interesting to think about, like, I love just thinking at a high level and just acknowledging like this, this feels good either in the moment or afterwards. There's a whole conversation to be had about delayed gratification, especially when it comes to some of the physical fulfillment of like taking care of our bodies. And then it's also been really fun. The more that I've learned about dogs and biologically fulfilling our canine companions, it's been really fun to think about like the things that make us human animals and why certain things are fulfilling and why that makes sense in an evolutionary context or a biological context. And it's been really fun to sort of get to marry those together, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like I'm fulfilled spending time with you just because I love you and it feels great. And that's incredible. And, you know, also I can like dive into humans as social mammals and like think about it more from from that perspective and sort of just like combine these things together i don't know Mm -hmm. that's nice
0: (laughs) yeah i definitely think of myself very similarly to how i think about scout and the animal fulfillment ways like i don't know sometimes it can be unromantic or people think it's reductionist but i think it's pretty easy to tie many of the ways or most of the ways that I'll feel good over time to like pretty much the same basic things that I think about her as and I don't know I don't think that's a bad thing at all like it doesn't really take away from the complexity or excitement of my relationship with you but it is like I don't know there's something about not overdoing it too where it's (laughs) like yeah I should talk to people and engage socially once in a while because that's going to (laughs) make me feel happy because that's what social creatures like to do.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I feel like those things can exist at once. We've talked about this a lot in the context of our relationship, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for me individually thinking about those quote unquote unromantic bits of it, they don't ruin it for me. If anything, they make it better. Um, we're all different with that. I think... Yeah, sometimes I think about fulfillment as a sense of purpose. That's a bit of a loaded term. Like, there's there's a lot that one could get into there. I think of it sort of like... I like feeling like the things I'm doing are meaningful. And so that, that doesn't have to be a super big, expansive meaning. That can be like a very simple meaning. Like, you know, lifting weights in the morning while looking near the sun to get sunlight is meaningful in the sense that i know it's good for me and like that can be enough meaning for me in that moment um and that's one of the things in the dog sense that i like best about ivan's training without conflict philosophy is that he often talks about you know like giving our dogs a sense of purpose and helping them feel like they have a purpose. And again, semantics are always a thing at play. Like we can talk about what specifically we mean by the word purpose, but that concept has really resonated with me in the sense that like, no, I don't think that Scout has a five-year plan. I don't think that she thinks (laughs) about her long-term meaning of life the same way that I do. We don't fully understand how dogs experience the passage of time. We know that they don't just live in the moment. Like we know that they can think and plan ahead a little bit. Like, We have some of this evidence but their minds are still essentially a black box like we can't actually pinpoint it but i can think a lot more clearly about giving her purpose in a moment and that's one of the things that like thinking more critically about play and what games we're playing and how i've presented those games has helped a lot like Mm. you know like the purpose of cooperative fetch is to interact as social creatures that's a lot of social fulfillment for both of us i just feel in cloud nine when Scout and I are having a really cooperative (laughs) fetch game, or, like, if I drop the toy and I can't reach it and she picks it up for me and shoves it back into my hand, like, that's such a simple thing on the surface, but also it's so incredible. Like, here is this creature of another species. She understands what we're trying to do. She understands that in order for me to throw the toy again for her to enjoy chasing, she needs to get the toy to me. She understands what my gestures are meaning. Like, it's such a simple thing, but also it's so complex and so cool, and it, it just... It's so fulfilling. Like, I love those moments with her. Um, And then, you know, like, on the competitive end, like, the purpose, the, the goal, the objective in the game of Tug is to win the toy. Like, we're fighting over the toy. But it's also cooperative in the sense that we've both agreed to show up and play the game together. Like, you and I talked about this way back when I was getting more into play and we were talking about how you know, like when you would play volleyball when you were younger, like it was a competitive sport. Your team and the other team were playing against each other, but you were also playing with each other in the broad sense of like both teams agreed upon a game time and agreed upon the game rules and Mm -hmm. showed up and like invested in the game. And it's really fun to think about all of those layers and like sort of thinking about the purpose that that can help us feel in the moment and the motivation that can create. And I feel like That's been a big part of Scout's fulfillment and also my fulfillment, like as I engage with her is feeling like the interaction has a purpose. But again, not going too far because I like to be the queen of overthinking. And so, you know, I'm the last thing I'm trying to do is sit here and try to say that like every single moment we're around our dogs has to have some grand purpose or a bunch of thought behind it. I'm not trying to like ruin it by making it too, Mm -hmm. too clinical. Um, It's just helpful for me to think about you know, at least a portion of the time.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. And it's, I like that too. I sort of struggle more with like feeling like all those things need to lead to a bigger thing. Sort of like we were talking before with Scout where like we'll fulfill her so that we can then go train maybe in a new environment and she's more confident. I feel like personally, I often feel like I'm trying to go for a run so that I feel like I checked those boxes, so then I can go work on something <laughs> that feels more purposeful. Because, like, I don't think of the run really as like an ends and as of itself. Like you were sort of talking about, like a cooperative game, in and of itself, can be like the purposeful thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. which I think is good. I sort of struggle to
1: <laughs> you do like
0: feel satisfied with like <laughs> the smaller activities I guess
1: you are the king of what's next and how does (laughs) this fit into the large picture which is such a great quality it's just important to temper that with you know the enjoyment in the moment and like it's okay to find this quote-unquote small Mm -hmm. purposes too
0: yeah I always just get worried about like getting lost in that or almost like having too much fun with the little things but I suppose that's really what life is anyways (laughs)
1: one day i will finish teaching you
0: it's not like i'm gonna go build a pyramid or something
1: you're probably not gonna build a pyramid not a literal one
0: maybe a baby one maybe
1: a baby pyramid yeah that
0: one i could get buried in though
1: no i declined to bury you in a pyramid although some of the ancient artifacts and ways that Domestic companion animals have been represented in burials are absolutely fascinating. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Scout and I can get buried together in a pyramid.
1: Yeah, I read a book called A Dog's History of the World, and it was really, really focused on mythology, actually, and like some of the the religious and the spiritual symbolism and different burials and paintings and artifacts that we have, and it was absolutely mind-blowing. That does not at all relate to the topic at hand. I suppose it might be time to wrap up if we're starting to talk about... (laughs) Burials.
0: I don't know. Maybe the burial itself is fulfilling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I guess all in all, I mean, fulfillment is a broad conversation. There are so many different ways to go about it and, and different activities. And if, like, when I zoom out and think about it, it's been really helpful for me to think about fulfillment as a broad thing and to not get too in the weeds of the actual activity because it varies from individual to individual, and even day to day. Like, the exact same activity on one day for Scout can do more for her than the exact same activity on another day, just because of all of the other variables at play with, like, how she's feeling and what's going on. And, you know, sometimes after a really fulfilling day, mostly what Scout wants is to sunbathe or just snuggle with us and have some of that social fulfillment and get a rest and some of, you know, like, those other buckets of it. So it's a broad conversation. I'm... Not an expert, but i sure I'm really happy with how fulfilled this dog seems to be lately.
0: Yeah. And She's us. having a great time. And us. We're having yeah. a good time, too.
1: Yeah. I like this whole van thing. It's pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Let's wrap it.
1: All right.